Hello, and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Lake and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where every episode we discuss some scientific misconceptions, and we hope that you learn something you didn't already know about the world. I'm here with my co-host, Margaret. It's fall, and I'm loving it. Hanslick Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Camden Matching Onesies, Hanslick Burton. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show! Our first segment every episode is where we share something that we're excited about. Camden, do you want to go first? Why is why what's happening with you that's special? Um, welcome to episode 20. Burr, burr, burr. I was gonna download the, the air horn app and I forgot. Oh, the air horn <laughs> app. Well, Margaret, um, according to the knot, as we always like to refer to refer yeah. well, we always like to have citations. Um <laughs> They said that the traditional anniversary for 20 is mm. China, and the modern version is platinum. So welcome to the platinum, Our platinum episode. platinum anniversary of this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. So welcome. Thank you. There it is. There's that air horn. Thank you. Now it's official. Um, so that's what you're excited about. I'm excited about that, too, although it's not my thing I'm excited about. Um to celebrate, we've done a couple different things. We'll talk about one of them later, right? One of the things that we're doing to celebrate this episode, this 20th episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We'll talk about that later. Buried the lead. Yeah. But I also made special little cocktails because in our first episode, we had a little cocktail. And um, this cocktail I have dubbed, I don't have apple cider, okay? <laughs> You're defensive? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're so looking at... So this is the, I don't have apple cider, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is basically, um, my favorite kind of beer, which I wait for all year, um, pumpkin ale from Elysian Brewing. Okay. And it's also got a shot of, uh, bourbon in there. Oh. With just a little hint of bitters and cinnamon sugar. So we've got our little copper mugs. Cheers. Cheers. 20. Thoughts? Oh, that Thoughts? is like sipping on a liqueur pumpkin. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Ready to go. But it's like it's like a autumn leaf slapped you in the face. Yeah. And then you had a shot of bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Here we go. Um, so is it my turn to do the thing I'm excited about? Yeah. Okay, great. Can you guess what it is? Is it murder related? No. Oh. You already said it's, it. Oh, it's fall. It's, it's fall. fall. It's fall. As I told you the other day, summer I survive, but fall I thrive. I live for fall. My ideal outfit is jeans and a sweater and boots, whether those are rain boots or whatever. I love being slightly cold. I love changing leaves. I love apple cider. I love pumpkin stuff. I don't really like pumpkin spice lattes, but if you do, that's fine. I just, I love fall. I love it so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm thriving. I'm thriving. Um, yeah, there was a meme the other day that was Renona Ryder's character in Beetlejuice, whose name I always forget. Sandy Sparks. Nope, it's not that. And it was just two pictures of that person saying, September me, October me. Mm -hmm. And it was just saying, yep, that's right. It's, I'm spooky year round. That's right. 
and that is definitely your vibe. I I am spooky year round, um, but I really come into my own uh, in the fall. I this is who I'm meant to be, and I get to be who I am in the fall. Margaret is saying that with newly painted black nail polish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I bought an orange sweater. Oh man, I'm living truly my best life. Well, to further living your best life, let's get into the misconceptions. Um, Every episode, we each bring a new scientific misconception to share, explain, and discuss. As a note, each co-host researches their misconception on their own and brings it to the podcast. The other co-host has never heard it before. This primarily is to make this feel more like a discussion uh, where the other person doesn't have to feel like they had to come and prepare something and they can learn learn alongside you the listener margaret we gotta pick a way to know who goes first just like every episode okay so i found we always say we're gonna flip a coin but it's never a coin and i found a very flat thing a coin like thing sort Ah. of near me um and it is the remote control to our led candles i'm just realizing it has one of those satisfying plastic things you can take off anyway um (laughs) so I'm going to say the button side is heads and the back is tails. I'm still confused by why you say this is coin-like. Well, it's flat. It's got two distinct sides. Okay, because very rectangular for (laughs) listeners at home. Sure. All right, go ahead and flip it. So if we're going to call it, and if you... My nickname in high school is Buttons, so I'll be button side. Okay, but if you get it, then you get to go first? Yes. Okay, so ready? Yep. You're going to go head side? Uh Please don't break our remote. I'm not going to. I'm doing it over the carpet. One, two, three. Button side up. Buttons. Buttons is first. Here we go. <laughs> Margaret. Yes. Happy fall. Thank you. And the leaves are starting to change <gasps> colors. Aren't they ever? I'm going to tattoo all of them on my body. Well, um, before you do that, maybe let's think about, Margaret, why do they change colors? They, like me, are living their truth in the fall. Interesting. They, they look better in red and yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of time. This was interesting. Um, this was one of those where I started Googling why they changed colors and finding the misconception was really hard because it was so people actually work really hard to debunk this one. Mm-hmm. If you Google, why do leaves change colors? Mm-hmm. You'll see the answer like right away, like a million different articles. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I had an idea of going to Twitter to mm. see what people said about the leaves changing colors. Um, I'm not quoting anyone here on Twitter, but there's there were like three common themes of what people said to why do the leaves change colors? Uh, number one, or do you want to take a guess at any reasons why? They're dying. Yeah, number one, the mm-hmm. leaves are dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two? The tree doesn't want to expend energy anymore to grow the leaves and then they're falling off because they want to... Oh, oh. we're getting too close to the real thing. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. The tree's cold. The tree's cold. Yep. You know how you take off all your clothes when you're cold. Yep. And then... um, Actually, hypothermia does cause that to happen. And then some people are really confused by their leaves uh, falling without changing color. Mm. So some of them were just dropping when they were green. Mm -hmm. Some of them were turning orange first. Mm. And then some of them just went straight from green to red. And people were really confused because they thought it has to go green, orange, yellow, red, or yellow, orange, red. Like it has to, the the leaf has to complete the journey through 
the color scheme. And there are a lot of people around the world who are very jealous that they've never actually seen leaves fall because they only live by like cacti or things like that. So this is yet another example of the fact that we shouldn't take things for granted. Like enjoy the leaves falling. Put your face in just a bunch of leaves. So let's get into. Just let that pass. Yep. I'm just (laughs) letting it pass. Uh, let's get into why leaves change colors. First thing we need to know is why are leaves the color that they most commonly are? Green chlorophyll. There you go, Margaret. And what is chlorophyll for? It helps them photosynthesize. That is very right. Thank you. Chlorophyll is a inside the leaf cells. So leaf cells have a very special part. Maybe you learned in cell like wall. high school biology. They do have a cell wall that mm-hmm. is not the part that does the photosynthesis part. I just remember part. they've got a cell wall. There you go. They have a cell wall, different from an animal cell. They also have chlorophyll, which helps them do photosynthesis. The chlorophyll lives inside the chloroplast. Mm-hmm. Um, and chlorophyll is a pigment. So much like why our skin has the color it is, mm-hmm. we have a pigment called melanin mm-hmm. that gives us that color. Um, and chlorophyll uh, gives it the green color. A very common misconception is that chlorophyll absorbs green light, Mm -hmm. and that is why it looks green. Actually, the color that you see is a reflection. So when you see our red couch, that is because the couch, the pigments in that fiber of the couch. Absorbed every color but red. Uh I'd call it an orangey kind of. Well, reflecting orangey red. Mm -hmm. And leaves do the same. Chlorophyll pigment reflects green. Um, and that, of course, energy that is absorbed helps them do photosynthesis, which creates sugar, a little food for the tree. Um, but plants have other pigments, too, because they are not, as it is fall, always green. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona State University had a great write-up about this. There are two other pigments they have. One are called carotenoids, which carotenoids. gets their name from carrot, or carrot gets its name from. So you can guess what color. Orange. Orange. uh, Corn, carrots, bananas, all have carotenoids in them. So different levels of them give you some sort of shades from yellow to orange. And carotenoids are uh, produced by the leaves all year round. Mm -hmm. Um, So those pigments are actually always inside leaves. So why are they green? So... If I can get this straight, so there's always the potential to be uh, orange uh-huh, uh-huh. or red. Orange or yellow. Orange or yellow. But they are green most of the time. Why is that? Because they, that's helped them. Kevin just made a gesture up. <laughs> They're more. They stay that up. That was supposed to be more. Oh. <laughs> which which pigment is there more of? There's more green. There's, There's more, more green. green. Okay, There's more chlorophyll. I was thinking about it too, too much. Um, as too the time, the day, the length of day changes, uh, chlorophyll is starting to be um, broken down. They reuse the plant. Will use some of that molecules um, inside the chlorophyll for other things for the tree, and that sort of exposes the yellow orange pigments. Um, But there is a pigment that is made in the fall that is never made any other time of year for some types of trees. Mm. We've got yellow. We've got orange. We've got green. We haven't talked about red. Anthocyanins uh, are also the pigment that give apples and cherries and strawberries all of their nice bright red color. you know how I figured that that would be apples or cherries? Because of the cyanin maybe in it. Because... 
Ah. Apple seeds and cherry pits, I believe, contain small, 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 small amounts of cyanide. You know, I don't know what the connection here is. Right? I mean, you are correct. Okay. The, the apple seeds have I'm wondering if cyanide there's some, in them. Like, derivation that explains that. We'll we'll do an update next time. Um, great, great thought. I know also the word cyan is in there, but mm-hmm. that's not helpful when we're thinking red. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah. Um. So that one was super interesting and led me somewhere that I didn't know I was going to learn today. Uh. I wanted to know why do some leaves not change color, but in that, I guess I had always thought that red was like close enough to orange that they were all kind of the same pigment. Mm-hmm. Same pigment. Um, there was a 2001 study uh, called Why Do Some Leaves Turn Red in Autumn? Mm. Um, where they looked at why do leaves turn red if they don't make this pigment all year round? What is the whole point of it? Mm-hmm. Like if these other pigments, these carotenoids already exist for the plants to absorb light with, then why do we even need this new red one? Um, and for a long time, this is a cool area of science, they thought that the reds were keeping aphids and other like pests away from the tree. Oh. Um, but recently they have learned that red actually acts as a little bit of a sunscreen. It protects the leaves from getting damage from a long exposure to daylight or sunlight. That is really cool, but why would why wouldn't they want that all year round? Sunlight? Why wouldn't oh. they want protection from the sunlight all year round? Um, I think it's I think it's something they they call it um, like stress. Like there's sun like photo distress from like too much sunlight. Mm. And so I'm thinking it's sort of an additive thing the way I was reading it. Like when you when those cells have been bombarded with sunlight for months and months and months, eventually it's becoming such like a big deal that mm. you so almost need to add sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. kind of like you don't don't need sunscreen for like 15 minutes outside if you're me. Well, um, but eventually, like after 15 minutes, you need to add sunscreen or you need to go inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another great reason, fall is great, not getting sunburned as much. But you still can. You still can, ladies and gentlemen and germs. You yep. still can. I can get sunburned any, any, anytime, anytime. Um, so after they turn those beautiful colors, what happens to those leaves? They fall off. They fall off. And NPR gave me a fun analogy that you, Margaret, are going to think about. Margaret. Okay. You run a commercial kitchen. I don't. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. You, Margaret, I run. you run a commercial oh, kitchen. Okay. And your goal is to produce food for the entire year. But you work so hard in the spring and summer that you've made all the food during those two seasons that will last you the entire year. What do you do with all of those chefs that you hired once it hits fall and winter? You tell them, I'm real sorry. You got to get out of here. I'll see you in the spring. Yes, you do. Now, Margaret, you're not a commercial kitchen. You're actually a tree. And those leaves were your chefs oh, making you sugar. I love that analogy, actually. What do you say to those leaves? Get out of here. I'll see you in the spring. Well, I won't see you all specifically in the spring. I'll see your relatives. You don't, your... But you would never tell that to someone you're firing. No. Like, see you later. <laughs> well, your relatives. Well, your younger versions of you. Um, and you alluded to this earlier. Why do some trees get rid of those leaves? It's too much energy. Too much energy. Um, they, they're great to make food for the tree. They give them sugar that goes to the rest of the tree. 
Um, the sunlight starts to, uh, day length starts to go down in the year. They're not making as much energy. You already have a lot of sugar stored. You, your kitchen produced enough sugar for the whole year. Got, I'm see you later. We'll see you in the spring. Um, I was curious what causes them to fall. Like, apparently there are little cells that are attached to the stem right by the tree mm-hmm. that release enzymes that dissolve the stem of that Whoa. tree and they just sort of bloop, bloop, fall off. Wow. Um, and so then that fu- led me to my final question that Penn State College of Agricultural Sciences helped me with, which is, do all trees drop their leaves? No. No. Um, most commonly, deciduous trees do. Deciduous comes from the Latin root for fall, which is mm. helpful today. Um, common deciduous trees for y'all at home are oaks, maples, hickories, and birch. Um, just in case you're wondering what kind of tree that was, ones that generally have some sort of fall component to them. Um, I actually got four ideas as to why leaves are dropped or why some trees don't drop their leaves. Um, because we know that on one hand you're thinking, okay, you're the kitchen. You made all of this food for the year. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just drop your leaves? Um, Get rid of your chef. So there are four, there are four things going on. Um, sometimes it actually gets too cold too fast. So sometimes you'll hear people on like the news say like, oh, you know, we had like a cold shock or cold something snap. like cold snap. Um, and those enzymes actually won't work under certain temperatures or the tree won't be able to release them in quite the right way. And so even though they might want to get rid of those leaves, um, it's almost like they get kind of glued, like mm. glooped up, and they don't actually get to the full, like, chopping off the leaf. So if sometimes if it's, like, suddenly cold, mm-hmm. they won't. And then, okay. and then stays cold. Right. Um, another one is that leaves lower on the tree, so thinking of a big tree, mm-hmm. um, don't get as much energy from the sun because... Mm. They're shaded by the top They're of the shaded. Branches. Um, they may not release sun. They may not release those enzymes at quite the same time that the leaves up top do. Mm-hmm. And by waiting a little too long, they might get stuck in this like in between zone. It gets cold. Same problem as reason number one. So you might also see trees that lose their leaves much faster on top, where the leaves on bottom don't drop as early or never drop. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of get this like weird tree that didn't for some reason drop all of its leaves. So the bottom, the bottom leaves that don't drop are kind of like when it's, it's, um, you know, it's sunny in the morning. So you think it's going to be a nice warm day outside. So you don't bring a coat. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the day, you're like, oh, I really messed up. It's so, so cold. You, you, you really got it. Okay. I am often the bottom leaves. (laughs) You are often the bottom leaves. Hashtag bottom leaves. Um, last two reasons. Number three, uh, leaves are a nice protection or um, camouflage of they cover up things that the tree wants to keep protected, like buds oh, yeah. for future leaves and twigs um, or just the twigs themselves that will eventually lead to future leaves also. Mm-hmm, for reproduction. And there are little things that like to eat twigs and buds. Lots of them. Lots of them. And so leaves actually do a good job of covering those things up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was a study that they found at the Penn state people saw that, um, deer are less likely to eat twigs and, um, buds if they are leaves attached to that twig. 
um, Mm. because that's just not the thing they want to eat. So that's another reason you may not want to drop your leaves. If you have a lot of predation or a lot of things or herbivory, things are trying to eat you, you might want to keep them. Um, And then another is actually depending on the amount of nutrients you have available. Once you dump your leaves, you don't have anything in that leaf. So you get rid of that chef. You don't have any other like nutrients that that chef could have provided. That <laughs> never mind. It sounds like you're a cannibal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are things inside that leaf, like the reason the chlorophyll and the green goes away that you might want. Once you get rid of the leaves, you can't get it back anymore. Mm-mm. And if you live in an area, there's a lot of re- there's not a lot of resources. There's a lot of competition from other trees. Uh, maybe you're living in an area with not very deep root systems. You don't actually want to ditch a lot of your nutrients that you could get. Um, so it might be more efficient to actually keep your leaves through the winter. And of course, the amount of daylight you get and all of the temperatures that you might get at those times all play a role in this. Um, so I'm going to leave you with this, Margaret. You're going to leave I'm going to leave you. Oh Thank you. God, I didn't make enough of those. No, can we, you go, can did. we start back over? No, no we're not. No. Okay. Um, I'm in charge of jokes. There was one final thought at the study from I th- I think the why do the leaves turn red in autumn, which was why do we call it fall if the leaves if the trees clearly are trying to get rid of the leaves? Why would we call it fall? That sort of makes like it's like an falling. but it's sort of like an accident. Like oh, they're just sort of like falling off. The wind's taking them off. Oh, they or suggested it's, more, it's, it's not that trees can have intentions, but it is more like. It's an adaptation on purpose. Yeah. So I'm suggesting we call, mm. we're, I suggest we just call the season throw or fire (laughs) or canned. Um, So happy canned everybody. Uh, Cause the leaves really aren't falling. They've been evicted by the trees. Sacked. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed sacked. That was great. I really, I, I, as you could maybe tell from the beginning, I kind of had an idea of why leaves change color, but it is really blowing my mind that trees have leaves to help. I mean, for many reasons, but in part to help hide the things that they need. I don't know. You you know, I mean, you were alluding to this earlier. So much as this, they have them to do that, or Mm -hmm. it's just like a nice side effect. But I I hadn't even thought of that as a side effect. I didn't either. And the red thing blew my mind. I never thought red was of any significance more than orange. Mm Mm-mm. Um, yeah. Well done. Happy sacked. Happy sacked, everyone. So I don't know if you can tell from this episode, everybody, but I'm really into fall. And I'm also really into just weird stuff. And fall is where those two things can combine into a beautiful little strange harmony. So today, I'm going to ask you a question. What happens to your fingernails and your hair after you die? They keep growing. Wrong. No. (laughs) On this show? (laughs) So misconception is that fingernails and hair keep growing after you die. Let's talk about it. So I got these sources from an article called Do Your Hair and Fingernails Grow After Death? Pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. From BBC Future. I also used my one of my favorite websites, Snopes. Ah. Um, there's a fantastic Ted Ed video called oh, what happens to our bodies after we die. Really, really informative. 
Um, and then Wikipedia's article about Carrie Nation. Oh. And I love Carrie Nation. I don't know how if I've mentioned her. How did her. you sneak Carrie Nation You'll into see. this? You'll see. So, as you can imagine, there are not a lot of studies that measure how long dead people's hair and nails are when they die and shortly after they die. And you'll see in a moment why that is not necessary. We don't need to put funding towards those things. So you're saying my put NIH, away your pocketbooks. My NIH grant is <laughs> useless. Ah, yeah, sorry. Dang. Um, so here's what we know about fingernails and hair growth when we're alive. So fingernails grow about 0.1 millimeters per day. And that rate decreases as we age. Oh. So when I say these averages, of course, there are different. Sure. It's an average. Don't don't write in and be like, mine grow point two a day. And- yeah. So, you know, there, there are medications that impact that. There are hormones, blah, 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 stages in life. But on average, they grow about 0.1 millimeters every day. Hair, can you guess how many millimeters hair grows in a day it, on average? It's millimeters. Mm. In millimeters, how many? <laughs> Two. No. 0. 0.5 oh, millimeters still... on average okay. every day. And again, varies incredibly widely. Um, toenails grow more slowly than fingernails. I can... I believe it. I have one data point for that. I have 10 data points for that. <laughs> well, as any as anyone who's ever painted their fingernails and then their toenails at the same time knows, pedicures last forever. Um Middle and ring, ring fingers, the nails on those on average grow, grow more quickly than other fingernails. Oh. Your middle and your ring finger. A lot of questions Don't now. Know why? why? Don't oh, know why. That's unfortunate. In terms of nail growth, when we're alive, and this is a direct quote from the BBC article, because I thought I explained it really well, um, quote, a layer of tissue beneath the base of the nail called the germinal matrix. New band name. <sighs> that's a good one is responsible for producing the vast majority of cells which form the newest growing part of the fingernail. So the germinal matrix is responsible for creating the cells that create fingernails. This is under your nail? A layer of tissue beneath the base of the nail. Base of the nail. Yes. Okay. Yes. End, end quote. So basically, these new cells push everything forward, causing your nails to grow longer. Here's what happens to our bodies in general when we die. This is just an overview of what happens. I promise it's not very long. I mean, there are many things. Stop laughing at jokes. There are many things. What? That happen. So right when we die, our muscles relax completely. This is called primary flaccidity. Keep it together. But then the muscles stiffen two to six hours later. What's that called? Uh, rigor mortis. Rigor mortis. Yeah. So if you're ever watching a crime drama and they're like, we know it was two hours that he's he died at least two hours ago, probably because they're in rigor mortis. Probably a lot of shows then that get that incorrect, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's there's a lot to improve on. And forensic science is changing all the time. That's a different that's a different discussion. Um, things do happen pretty fast, though, when a person dies. Nerve cells die within three to seven minutes. Oh. Um, when we're talking organ donors... Donated organs like livers, hearts, and kidneys have to be removed within 30 minutes and installed in, in you know, put inside the recipient. Transplanted? Sure. Installed. Did, it, did this article say installed? No, I was. Oh, you were searching <laughs> for a word. word. I was about. Honestly, that's better because I was like, no longer installed. can we trust that website. Sure. Um, in a recipient within six hours. So they have to be removed within 30 minutes and then 
put in someone else. So when I sign up hours. to be a donor, they have to find me in you 30 gotta, minutes. You got to get it, get it cracking. Yep. Um, skin though, which is the largest organ, I believe. I didn't research that, but I think that's true. Um, skin can be grafted up to 12 hours after a person has died. Wow. So that's all very interesting and just some supplemental information for you. But another really important and relevant thing when it comes to our nails and our hair that happens when we die is that our hearts stop pumping blood and nutrients around our body. Bad. What do cells need, Camden? Nutrients. Oxygen. Sure. Sugar. Sugar. Or what's the fancy word for that? Glucose. Glucose. Um, so do cells need glucose to form new cells? I, I would guess so. They do. They, cause it requires energy. Right. It requires energy. So yes, they need glucose. So when a person dies, no more glucose is being supplied to any of their cells. Okay. And so for example, fingernails stop growing because fingernail cells need glucose. Hair cells also need energy in the form of glucose and oxygen, of course, to produce new cells or for uh, cells to divide. I see what you're doing here. And when the heart stops pumping blood around the body, there are no more resources of any kind for hair or fingernail cells to use to produce new cells. So if I may summarize. You may. If you, quote unquote, die and your fingernails still grow, you are, quote unquote, Alive, (laughs) yes. Not dead. That's not the most effective way of telling if someone is alive anymore, but it is one way. You mean measuring, let's wait 24 hours and see (laughs) See if if those things went 0.1 millimeters. Yeah. They're like, we could check his pulse. No, no, no. No, no, no. Give me my tiny, tiny measuring stick. Um, So if, if that is not true that our fingernails and our hair do not continue to grow because they don't have nutrients going to those cells to create new cells to grow. What's really happening? Do you have any guesses? Like when people are are thinking that they observe this phenomenon, what's really happening? I think actually I heard this once. This all of a sudden came to me. Your skin's pulling away is I don't know why, like, you're drying up. Oh, there's more? Okay. Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's all about dehydration. Okay. So your fingernails and hair are not growing. The skin around the nails and around your hair is shrinking back because you're dehydrated. Again, you are not drinking water or taking in any nutrients anymore. Again, if you are, you're you're not dead. If you Um, see them drinking water, (laughs) you heard it here. They're not dead. No citation necessary. So, yeah, that, that skin shrinks back. And so the way that that skin is retracting back makes the hair and the nails more noticeable and perhaps look longer, even though they've definitely, definitely stopped growing. Okay. And I learned, I, I, I will admit that, and maybe this won't surprise anyone given all the things I've talked about, but um, I really am interested in like burial practices and preparation. So... I learned that to stop a person's skin from becoming dehydrated and pulling back from a person's nails for like an open casket funeral, morticians slash funeral directors sometimes put moisturizer on the deceased person's fingertips to keep them from dehydrating and on the faces of bearded men to keep their skin from pulling back as well. Huh. So. Because then their beard looks... It just, it just looks longer. Yeah, I would I would uh, imagine it would be just different. I will say on a personal note, I do not I don't I don't quite understand open casket 
funerals. I mean, I understand it, but you know, well, I'll talk about other things in a second. Anyway, so where's this misconception going? Sorry. (laughs) So yes, they'll put moisturizer on different parts of people to stop that dehydration from happening. Okay. Um, and not to be too graphic or morbid as if I have not been already, but (laughs) go back five minutes. But if our nails and our hair continued to grow after we die, eventually cemeteries would be full of nails and hair. Okay. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. I know that's your worst nightmare and not because of dead people. Is that your way of just proving that? Oh. Sorry. 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 So let's think about some examples of why this misconception wouldn't work if, if things kept growing. So for these examples, we're going to assume that nails and hair are growing at the same average rate that they were when we're alive. So again, 0.1 millimeters a day for, uh, gonna walk for out. the nails. No, you're going to, you're going to stick with me. And then 0.5 millimeters a day on average for hair. So Carrie nation, you ask great time for her to come oh, in here. Oh, right. I forgot about her. So I just picked some of my favorite people from history. One of those people is Carrie nation. If you have not heard Why of her, is she famous. Yep. Yep, she was a staunch supporter of the temperance movement in the mid to late 1800s. We say as we drink a drink yeah, right sorry, now. Yeah, sorry, Carrie. Sorry. Well, there are bars named after her, which is really weird. Um, because she was known for destroying bars with a hatchet in order to get states to enforce prohibition. And that's because, one of several reasons, but her first husband had died of alcoholism, and she didn't want the same fate to happen to anybody else, which is very noble. She was... I admire her you know, dedication to her convictions. Yeah. Um, my favorite things, my favorite new things about her. I love many things about her, but, um, she created a shelter for families of people struggling with alcoholism, which was an early version of a domestic violence shelter. And (laughs) she would greet bartenders according to Wikipedia by saying, good morning, destroyer of men's souls. Wow. (laughs) That is a mood. I, I just, God, I'm going to start greeting people that way. Good morning, destroyer of men's souls. Um, she's buried in Belton, Missouri. And here's the, here's the important thing to remember. Well, there's many things. But for this misconception, she died June 9th, 1911. So 39,562 days have elapsed since she died. Uh. And if your hair, if, if her nails grow at an average of 0.1 millimeters a day when she continued like continued after she died her nails would be over 12 feet long by now it's not not what i'm feeling and if your hair grows an average of 0.5 millimeters every day even after you die then her hair would be at least 64 feet long by now nope and it's not because it's not so let's go back even further william shakespeare Died. If he's really real. <laughs> no, he was definitely real. It's whether or not he wrote this place by oh, himself. Oh, misconception. For a different podcast. Um, he died April 23rd, 1616. That was 147,354 days ago. Obviously. And if your nails grow, again, 0.1 millimeters every day, his nails would be over 48 feet long. Okay. And his hair would be over 240 feet long. I need a bucket. Sorry. <laughs> so I know these are silly examples, but they illustrate the fact that we would definitely have noticed by now if our nails and our hair kept growing after we died, even after, as I said, death. 
But let's get off the hair subject for a second. I'll end with some fun facts. Um, bodies do all kinds of interesting things after people die. Bodies make noise, for example. Are you thinking of what yeah. I'm going to say? Yeah. So bodies make noise, which is not an indication of a imminent zombie uprising, but instead that noise is the sound of gas escaping the body as a result of decomposition. So if you want a very funny example of this, is it this way? Yeah. Um, of this dead bodies making noise concept, you should watch Pete Davidson in the Saturday Saturday Night Live sketch Riverdale, where he is an actor playing a dead body and he wants to make it as realistic as possible. It's so funny. Um, I also, while watching that TED Ed video, learned about Casper's Law, which is... The Friendly Ghost? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> but it is suitably spooky. Um, I learned that Casper's Law says if all other factors are equal... A body exposed to air decomposes twice as fast as one immersed in water. Uh, all right. And eight times as fast as one buried in earth. Again, helpful for forensic scientists, those of you listening out here. And then finally, most of the big cities in the world may run out of suitable burial grounds within a century. Oh. And this is not because we're running out of land. It's because we're all grouping together now. So big cities like London, for example, it's predicted that they may run out of suitable burial grounds by 2035. Ooh. But this is where I would encourage all of our listeners to do some research because there's some really cool newer and traditional ways Compost to... Compost me, baby. To, yeah. To, those to, worms to be feed on buried. me. Um, I, you, can, you can be composted sometimes. Different states have different laws. Your urn can be... Um, basically provide habitat for an, a tree or a sapling. And then I saw something and I need to investigate it more, but about oh. how your ashes can be mixed with sediment to form a new coral reef, which oh, sounds like yeah. the way I want to go. Not to go. I want to already be dead when that happens. <laughs> anyway, this has been Morbid Misconceptions with me, Margaret Hanslick Burton. And Thank if you, you so continue much. to listen to this podcast, it will not, <laughs> not be the last. It's not. It won't it's, stop. It's fall, baby. What am I gonna do? Fall, baby. Talk Let's about talk about stuff. death. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. We don't go yet though, because we have some more stuff to say. <laughs> thanks, Margaret. Um. So before ending each episode, we thought we would have a short segment sharing something interesting that we've read, listened to, watched, or otherwise consumed this week. Margaret, can you guess what mine is? Uh. No, I mean, I'm sure I won't be surprised. Great British Bake Off. Have we not done that before? I don't think we have. I think I've been, because it's, it's only been on for five weeks, and I think last time I talked about something else. So. Right. And I don't, frankly, if I did talk about it, it's worthy of another mention. If you have not watched The Great British Bake Off, or as it's called on Netflix in America, The Great British Baking Show, you're missing out. It is the wholesome... <laughs> you did it on episode four. Did I really? Okay. Yeah. Well, it was a different season then, I think. <laughs> it was a different me. It was a different me. Different people. Anyway, there's a new season. It's fantastic. It really just, it just, it fills me with love and light. And there is a contestant on it this season, Helena, who is the spooky fall queen that we all need. Honestly, I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's British people baking in a tent and you get to scream at the TV about how they shouldn't use fresh fruit because it'll make everything soggy. It's incredible. Margaret calls it her football. It's my football. Yeah. Yeah. That's her fall sport. (laughs) 
oh my gosh, there should be a fantasy Great British Bake Off. I don't know how you do that, but I need to figure it out. Stay tuned. Camden. Yeah, also episode four, Jordan told us once that we needed to find a way to do fantasy baking. So what is old is new again, Camden. My gosh. What have you been consuming or watching or reading or being interested in this week? Um, So mine's on a little bit of a serious note. Um, For those of you who probably know me, I am a science educator. I've been involved in science education uh, professionally for eight years. I went to school uh, twice in science education. (laughs) Um, uh, And I graduated at the University of Kansas as an undergraduate. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk. uh, From the You Can Teach program. Very clever. You can, like University of Kansas, teach. Can, can with a K. Yes. Because they're not they're not English teachers. Hey. Um, but a biology professor of mine uh, who honestly like taught me my love of plants. And for those of you who've listened for a while, know that I pick plants and related things a lot, as the leaf one tells you today. Um, I spent two summers traveling around Kansas digging up soil, learning about prairies, uh, and just really like growing to love the often overlooked plant kingdom. Um, she wrote an article called Your Turn. KU, University of Kansas, must reverse disastrous decision regarding STEM program. The program that I graduated from, the You Can Teach program, was closed um, a couple weeks ago um, for reasons that, as many things are, often political and related to budgets. Um, it Truly, like I, although I live in Washington, um, I think about the children of Kansas and how where their new STEM educators are going to come from, um, if not this program. I have lots of thoughts about it. it is, to say the least, extremely short-sighted. Um, it's very precious to me. It has flourished my love of science, my joy for teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and as hopefully evidenced by the show, <laughs> communicating about science to the world. Um, if you have spare time, um, you can read your turn. Okay, you must reverse disastrous decision regarding STEM program online at the Lawrence Journal World. Um, you can look up the You Can Teach program. It'll be one of the news articles. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to post about it, talk about it. Um, call KU about call it? Call the University of Kansas. Email the provost at the University of Kansas. Uh, whether you're from Kansas or you like our show, uh, anything you do is more publicity and more attention and eyeballs out there about it. Go You Can Teach. Yes. Um, so I mentioned earlier that we have a little bit of a surprise. Um, but for our loyal listeners or just really diligent ones, you may have noticed that if you scroll through our episodes, there's a particular episode missing. Um, why is that, Camden? And which one is that? <laughs> well, back in the day when we started this podcast to peek behind the curtain, uh, we discovered that our podcast hosts didn't measure what we thought was number of tracks, but in fact, total length of tracks. If you've ever produced something um, online before, maybe you knew this, we were very new to this whole adventure. Um, so as we uploaded newer episodes, we found that the first one was just automatically deleted from the world. Our very first episode, our little baby. And not only was that little baby deleted, uh, it was so long ago, in fact, November of last year, that the laptop it was on was also not one we used often. Uh -uh. It had to get powered back up. 
We actually had to go. Crank it. We had to. Crank it. Yeah, we had to search through. Yep, it was gasoline powered. <laughs> uh, we eventually recovered the file, though. And so as a special thank you to our listeners, and because it's been long enough, we are re-releasing episode one of Don't Pee on Your Leg, where you learn why we call it Don't Pee on Your Leg. Yes, and I'm very excited for maybe some of you, hopefully at least one person to go, why is it called yeah. Don't Pee on Your Leg? Now you'll know. It's vintage. We got better microphones since then, but I think it's still pretty good. It ages well. It ages well, like a fine cheese. <laughs> You can hear more content like this from our sister wife podcast from U to O, hosted by my co-host Margaret. Our theme music is composed by Camillo. Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions is a podcast produced by Two Birds, One Scone. Articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at www.twobirdsonescone.org. I will also add that if you have enjoyed our podcast, you can leave a review on whatever format you are listening to it on. We really appreciate that. We've gotten, we have one amazing review from, I don't, I think a person we don't really know, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. Um, So we appreciate all of those reviews and we um, would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Even if you have to throw a quick five stars because you're busy and on the run, we get it. Yep. Um, Yeah. We've set up an email account. So if you have scientific misconceptions that you'd like explained or just want to provide feedback to us, please email us at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Have Have a a great great week. week!